Welcome to the Movements Podcast. I'm Steve Addison. This is a podcast for people who want to multiply disciple-making groups and churches everywhere. Today I'm the one being interviewed, this time by Dan Harding of missionplatform.com. I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, I'm here today with Steve Addison. He's the leader of Move, along with his wife Michelle in Melbourne, and has an international reach. Steve's also the author of Movements, as well as What Jesus Started. Steve, welcome this morning. Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you. Great to be with you too, mate. Uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about what you do for those who might not have come across you before? Okay. Well, uh, married to Michelle with four grown-up kids, and yep. Michelle and I lead a mission agency that uh, our, our mission is is to multiply disciples and churches. Awesome. So we place workers here in Oz uh, and overseas. Fantastic. And also, can you just tell us a bit about how, how did you get so engaged and passionate about missions everyone's got a story how did you end up doing what you're doing now okay well the really uh reader's digest version (laughs) is um i was in the second year of a church plant and the lord just shook me and the church up and i got serious about seeking him about prayer uh so one early one morning uh october 88 uh i was in my garage praying and the Lord just spoke into my life and said, Steve, it's not just about one church, but uh, it's about a whole new generation of churches across Australia. Wow. So that was sort of the beginning of that call. And then along the way, I think around that time, I just started getting interest in the concept of, of movements. Yep. So uh, noticed that there were some uh, dynamic movements around the world that were sort of outstripping any of the existing churches in terms of making disciples and planting churches. And I sort of became compulsive obsessive ever since. (laughs) So I I just read everything I can. I talk to uh, practitioners in the field. I look uh, especially at uh, church history, uh, the pattern we see in the Scriptures, uh, New Testament, and uh, case studies uh, around the world. And... um, so it's great to be an expert in something because no one else has, was, has for a long time, no one else has been in the field. So, yeah. uh, you know, people are beginning a lot more in the last 10 years just to take notice of movements. But for me, it's been a, quite a long journey. Okay, great. Well, that, that makes me feel better for not knowing as much as you. It took 25 years to get there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, look, this is a, you know, a big re- reason why we wanted to speak with you today is right around the world, uh, the church, you know, Big C, the church is spending a huge amount of resources mm-hmm. trying to spread the message, and albeit there might be slightly different content for different churches and organizations, but we're trying to let people know about Jesus. And there's a lot of frustration, I know, in Australia, where you and I are and around the world, that we're not quite getting traction. And I wanted to talk with you as someone who tracks movements mm-hmm. and find out right now in 2012, What's mm. actually working? Or 2013, actually. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's actually working? You know, what stories do you hear about what's working around, yes. around the world? Well, um, the short answer is what's working is what's always worked. Um, and and uh, I think we've got to shift our attention off 
off the church and our struggles because the church is no no better or worse than you and I and the other individuals in it. Yeah. And we've we've got to see what God's doing and what He's always done. Um, and you know, I, I've lived now for uh, probably three or four years in the Book of Acts. Um, and the story of Acts is the story of God's dynamic word, and it it never takes a backward step. And God's people are always we're catching up to what God's doing, but wherever the word goes, uh, disciples are made and ch- new churches are formed and existing churches are strengthened. So if you look around the world, look around Australia, um, you'll always find exceptions to the rule. And rather than sort of plan on how do we fix what's broken, I think it's much better to get back to looking. That's why I wrote the book, What what Jesus Started. Yeah. And then in the case studies around, it's better to ask, well, where are we seeing disciples, mate? Yeah. Where is the gospel getting out? Because wherever it gets out, um, it has this ability, um, you know, we're, we're the messengers, and but by the power of the Holy Spirit, God's word always uh, yields fruit in people's lives. Um, so I guess that's that's the sort of introduction to yeah. answering the question. Yeah. Um, I'd say the, the patterns we're seeing, uh, first of all, you know, it's just what I've described there. It's people with a real, a real big view of God. Okay. They don't start with sociology. They don't start with we have got to deconstruct this or isn't our church really bad or whatever. They just start with who is God revealed in Jesus? What's his plan and purpose? And they fact, so the, yeah, they they've they've experienced that. To the yeah. picture. Yeah. And um, so they're people of faith. They're people who believe the gospel. Yeah. Um, but... You don't just camp there, you know, with, well, this is God's heart for Australia or for the nations or for my neighborhood. Uh, Next thing pattern we see is uh, they do what Jesus did. They get out and connect with people. Yeah. Uh, Now, you can host a program in your church building or you can have an attractional service and those, I mean, Jesus drew people, you know, thousands came. Yeah. Um, but he's always, uh, he's not just connecting with people. He's looking for people of faith. Um, in, in Luke 10, he calls those persons of peace who are open and responsive because he wants to make disciples. So the people we're seeing who are getting traction, um, they do this strange thing. I wake up in the morning and they ask, uh, who has God got for me to meet today? Yeah. And they go out and meet people. Uh, and another radical idea is they talk to them about Jesus up front. You're um, kidding. <laughs> yes. They actually yeah. talk about Jesus. Okay, wow. Well, uh, yeah. And that may be a question like, um, hey, if God was going to do a miracle in your life today, what would it be? And can I pray for you? You have no idea just how many. I've asked that question of atheists, and they've thanked me for praying for them. Wow. Now, can, can I just ask, because yeah. I know for myself, if I'm honest, there's all sorts of things like a, like barriers, like reasons why I could think that wouldn't work on any particular day with any particular person. So you're saying you wake up, you pray, you walk the street, you see somebody and you go, I think that's the person, and you just walk up to them. Uh, that can happen, yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Uh, but it might be your neighbor, it might be your spouse, it might be um, uh, for us uh, someone we've met at English club, we work a lot with internationals, it might be a classmate. Yeah. Um, you, you can pray for anyone, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, But that's just one example of how we connect. Yeah, right. Um, you know, connect for us might be, yeah, meet, meeting someone in the street in Box Hill. Uh, I've been up in Canberra recently. We were knocking on doors yeah. uh, and um, and meeting people and had some incredible encounters with folks. Okay. But it might also be, you know, we're, we're in the neighborhood and it's a new housing area and we're just, here's a free tree if you'd like it. Yeah, okay. Or, um, you know, we're running a, a kids' pro, us to school kids' program. You know, most most churches and individuals they connect with people yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we connect in a thousand different ways but we're not upfront early on talking about Jesus we're not flying the flag early that we're on about Jesus yeah. yes because Jesus is and you have a look at the Gospels and Acts yep. they didn't wait around <laughs> you know <laughs> um, true, yeah and so it, it means we we do need to be upfront but we're not up front to win an argument. We're not up front to control or manipulate. We're up front to ask, is this something you'd like to learn more about? Well, so here's another question. Uh, you know, uh, I'm looking to read the Bible with someone. Would you be interested? Okay. All right. right. Now, that may not be a stranger that you say that to. Yep. Uh, another question is, hey, if it was possible to have a relationship with God, would you like to know more? Yeah, wow. You know, okay. they're, just, they're just bridging questions. The key thing is, though, we're out and about, we're sharing, and we're looking for responsive people and taking them a step further rather than trying camp with somebody who's just not interested. Okay, great. Now, I'm just in what Jesus started at the moment in your book, and you've got some awesome case studies there, and I was just, you know, I've, I read one and I have to go out and tell my wife and just say, hey, hear about this story. It's fantastic. Can, can you just share briefly maybe like a, a local, and by local yeah. I mean local to the West kind of yeah. story, and then maybe one of those ones that overseas which have had radical multiplication. Yeah. Just so okay. people can have an idea about this. Well, I've got a lot of personal stories of working with international folk, yeah. um, but if you want one maybe – working in a Western context with uh, Aussie born. Then it's probably Tim Shire up in Sydney. So he just went out meeting people in his community and he met a guy with um, uh, prison background and uh, he got chatting. They swapped details. He said, I'll come and visit you. Uh, He knocks on the door a few days later and a a young woman comes to the door with a couple of kids hanging off her and he wants to know where this guy is and, She's very evasive and says, there's no one by that name who lives here. And um, uh, and he's, he's, he's trying to reassure her, look, I'm not the police, you know. <laughs> In the end, he's a little bit like me. He, it dawned on him he was at the wrong house. Uh, and so he just got talking to this young woman anyway and just, just at the door and just shared a bit about Christ and she wanted to know more. And uh, he led her to Christ. Wow. And and that night, um, with his encouragement, she shared that with her partner, and then the next day with her sister. Um, 
And, you know, about four people that week came to know Christ uh, in that, that little people group. Now, they're just Aussie, what I call Aussie battlers, you know. She's, well, she's uh, at that time sort of single in a sense, not married with, uh, with uh, a partner. And, um, you know, uh, those sorts of stories where we train, we do a lot of training around Australia. Wherever we train, um, people who implement are seeing folks come to Christ. And, you know, for Michelle and I, um, you know, to our shame, it had been years since we led someone to Christ and then on to disciple them. And uh, we, we just went out visiting our community, which is Box Hill's very international, and immediately God led us to people who were responsive. It took us a while to find our our feet, but in the last probably six months, we've we've led more people, maybe a dozen people, to Christ and into discipleship, baptized into discipleship. We we've never seen anything like it in our lives, wow. um, and we're not evangelists. We we're just learning to be obedient and to trust God's word. I'm glad you you mentioned even obedience there, because one thing as I've been reading your book, but also Francis Chan's Multiply book. It's really stood out to me the concept of obedience. Mm. And I got really fired up about obedience in my late teens, the early twenties, and the last decade. To be honest, it's a hard word to talk about in some circles. Yeah. And when you talked about Tim just going out and doing stuff, you talked about yourself mm-hmm. saying, "I haven't led people to Christ. I need to go and do it." Can you just talk to me about the word, just obedience? How do yeah. you see it being spoken about in the scriptures, and then particularly? How critical you see obedience in disciple-making movements around the world? Yeah. Well, I think we only need to reference one one passage, and, and this is Jesus' commission to his disciples and to us. Um, and that is that, you know, we're to go to make disciples, baptizing them. And then he doesn't say teach them. Yeah. Uh, in the Great Commission, there's nothing about teaching. Yeah. He says teach them to obey. Uh, and it's not just command them once to obey and they'll obey. There is a journey, there's a learning. And so we've turned discipleship either into it's nothing, you know, the obedience isn't important and cheap grace and all of that, or we turn discipleship is you sort of got to be uh, the Apostle Paul on steroids before you're <laughs> saved, you know. <laughs> Jesus says teach him to obey. Yeah. So... Um, when uh, as as we we disciple people to conversion, uh, we we open the scriptures, we share stories that Jesus has taught or stories from his life, and we're part of the discipleship process with that individual who's seeking to know more. Yeah. And one of the key questions we ask is, well, if this story is true, what do what do we need to do in the coming week? How will we obey it? And so it's these little steps of obedience that actually is that journey of learning how to obey. And rather than being, you know, saying, well, it doesn't really matter. It's all grace. So we don't need to respond to what Christ done for us. We're all forgiven, you know. Um, and then on the other side, well, you're not really a follower of Jesus because your 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 life is less than Mother Teresa's. Um, yeah. What Jesus is 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 in the radical middle, the radical third alternative, which is open the scriptures, 
What's the next thing you need to do in order to take a step of obedience? So Tim led one guy to the Lord a couple of years ago, and after about three months he said, oh, I think, I think God's speaking to me about giving up smoking dope. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's, yeah. there's actually, that was not the biggest issue in his life, <laughs> yeah. okay? Yeah. But he's taking a step of obedience. Yeah. Now, if your senior pastor comes to you and tells you he thinks he should give up smoking dope, there's probably a problem there, you know. <laughs> but this is a brand-new believer yeah. um, taking the next step. Um, so that's when, when we connect with people, we're not just looking to let's share the gospel and run or let's convert them and run. It's um, we, we want to disciple people to conversion. So they're learning to obey Jesus as they're checking them out. It's not just a head thing. And then um, con- that step of conversion, that critical crossing from, you know, death into life, is, is a major milestone in the journey of discipleship. So we move immediately into obedience-based discipleship, learning, rather than just content. We don't assume that content changes our hearts. Otherwise, I would be very godly. So I know a lot of stuff. Well, you do have a bit of a glow about you this morning. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the light yeah. from the world. Okay, well, that's great. And. Yeah, obedience is at, is at the heart of discipleship, but it's not an abstract, impossible ideal. Yeah. By the grace of God, it's that next thing that he's speaking to us uh, by his spirit and through his word in the company of other believers. And we, we that's what we work on. That's, fan- that's fantastic. And if anyone wants to follow that up, Check out the book. It's great. It's awesome. Um, well, a lot of the stuff in the book um, <clears throat> you'll find at movements.net too. The, okay, the case studies, the stories, the podcast. Um, but, yeah, do buy the book, but um, <laughs> the blog will also help. Okay, great. Now, um, uh, we're getting to a close, but I'm just wondering, could you just share a, a story? <laughs> I mean, I've got one in mind of the overseas, an example of multiplication. And more just the the concept of the power of the obedience-based disciple-making and, and the, the potential in the multiplication model. Well, probably the best one I can think of is a guy called Ying Kai. So he's a, uh, an American Chinese missionary uh, somewhere in East Asia where there are millions and millions of people. And he just got a heart for one of these rapidly growing areas, um, you know, literally millions of people flooding in as they build factories for work and the like. And he realized he couldn't reach them without um, a strategy of, you know, discipleship leading to obedience and multiplication. And uh, it's it's unpacked in the book, but also in a book called um, uh, Discipleship Re-Revolution, uh, I think the main title is T for T, Training for Trainers, yes. Yin Kai and Steve Smith. But he's seen a movement of about a million people. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, 30 years ago, we were writing that region of the world off, 30, maybe 40 years ago, saying, wow, you know, the communists have taken over and there's no hope. And, and the best estimates are something like a million people. And the key here is... Um, he's working pretty hard, uh, but it's only because he's multiplying disciples and churches 
And because he's looking, success is not how big is my church? How many people can I lead to the Lord? Success is how many grandchildren and great-grandchildren do I have? New disciples and new churches. So his eye is not on what he's doing. His eye is what are the people that I'm training doing? And how about the people they're training? So everybody is a trainer and a practitioner. They're all out making disciples and they're all out training. Um, And this is the movement we've seen sort of bubbling away across Australia. There's people right across Australia that are taking the same principles but applying them in the Aussie context. Um, And as I said, everywhere we, we do this, people are coming to faith. We haven't got to multiple generations yet of new disciples and new churches. Uh, but we are getting to new disciples and new churches. And so now uh, I've just returned from a community of practice in Sydney with about 25 practitioners from around the country. Now we're saying, okay, how do we consistently see second, third generation uh, disciples and disciple-making churches and groups? Okay, fantastic. I'm wondering if on a personal level, if there's some encouragement you could have to whether it's agency leaders, church pastors, people who have given their life to this thing, what encouragement would you give to them personally, not organizationally, strategically, but mm. as people? I think the, the two lessons God's taught me, one, one is um, uh, your greatest moments with God are when, when you feel like he's taken everything away. Um, and every breakthrough in this call to fuel movements has come out of a life experience like that. Now, that's a whole podcast, but that would be one key thing, that yeah. God is there with you doing something profound um, when you feel like you're, you're at your worst. The other thing is um, uh, mission, disciple-making, church planning movements. It's a work of God. You cannot bring it about. You can't grow your church. You can't plant churches. You can't make disciples. It is a work of God he calls us into. So get into the life of Jesus, but don't stop with the Gospels. The Acts are are the stories of what the the risen Christ continued to do through his people. And uh, discover the ministry of Jesus. Uh, And they're they're related. Um, Surrender... In, in profound ways and then discover his ministry and, um, and, and sign up for that no matter what the cost, it's worth it.